Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, 1992 Houston Mass Abduction. Now, I first came across this uh, on a History Channel short video. It features Daryl Sims. He's a well-known UFO investigator, and it, it involves uh, multiple abductions that took place down in Houston, Texas that he was involved with. The first part of the video, it's about a five-minute video, the first part was really interesting because they're interviewing uh, Mr. Sims, who seems to me like a pretty credible guy. I don't know I don't know a lot about him, but he does he does have an impressive CV. I mean, he was a former CIA. He seems sincere when you look at this guy and listen to him. And quite frankly, I feel like I... I feel like I have a certain level of trust there that you don't have in some of these people that are supposed UFO investigators. Now, he's not without controversy. At any rate, um, they talked They talked to Mr. Sims, and he describes how these people uh, are taken on board these craft, and specifically in one case, a woman, I believe it was a female uh, abductee, sees a um, map on the wall of the ship, and what it represents is the involvement with these uh, aliens uh, with mankind, and that there's a timeline, and it shows that they have been involved with man for about 6,000 years, which is really interesting, because if you take a traditional biblical view, then uh, it would assume that uh, mankind, at least mankind as we know it, starting with Adam and Eve, has been on the planet for about 6,000 years, and then its timeline shows that we're in the last 100 years or so of that involvement. That part got my attention. Secondly, they talked about uh, seeing all these different animals and humans from all throughout the ages there uh, on the ship, uh, captive, basically, and how this abductee thought that these individuals and these animals from all these different uh, stages of human development, or stages, I should say, of, of human existence, because they seem to be the same then as they are now, uh, people at least, how they were in a how they were in a state of suspended animation, and this is something that we have heard uh, in, from previous uh, abductees over the years of uh, of you know uh, these unfortunate souls who were taken aboard these uh, alien ships, who are missing persons were actually just people captured by the aliens and used for their own devices or whatever, but they're there on those ships in this state of suspended animation. What a, what a horrifying thought. And the video go on, it shows some other things. But what I disliked about that particular video, and you can find this online, it, it's listed somewhere under the title of something to do with Daryl Sims, 1992 Mass Abduction. It won't be hard to find. What I didn't like was they brought on a bunch of other so-called experts were basically just, you know, pop culture type figures that we would all recognize. recognize. And, and they sat there and they just kind of give their two cents worth the video would have been so much better if they would have just, for the whole five minutes, just talked to Sims. Because he seems to, he seems to be the one with the facts, or at least the one that's relating what was told to us as facts. Nonetheless, the video is interesting, and it got me thinking. So I did a little research online, and I found this article on UFOinsight.com. It's UFOinsight.com. And it's, it's titled, The Multiple Alien Abduction Case of Houston. December 1992, and then it says it was first published April 7th, 2018, last updated March 20th, 2019, written by Marcus Louth, 
and then it just has the article below, and it says the evening, starts off, it says the evening of 8th December 1992 is one that will leave several residents of Houston, Texas bonded forever. That night, each would share an experience, although they didn't realize it at the time, that was quite literally out of this world. Although those involved were unknown to each other, they were all in attendance at a meeting of abductees on the night in question. Organized by ex-CIA officer and UFO researcher Daryl Sims. Now some people might have faulted Mr. Sims for this, but honestly, if you want to find people that have been abducted by UF by aliens, it uh, it might not be a bad idea to organize a group of people who claim to have been, and then sort through those and find out which which of those folks is just mistaken or possibly has mental health issues, and which ones were actually victimized by this UFO phenomena. It says a total. In total, eight Houston residents were abducted that evening. All would report entering a strange light and in turn a small spacecraft. This would then take them to a larger spacecraft outside of Earth's orbit. What's more, all had long histories of alien abduction. Through investigations, it would appear as though they were part of some bizarre experiment. Furthermore, Following the discovery of the abductions and the revelations that multiple people from such a small group were involved, each was abducted again. This time, all would remember implants being removed from their nose, again each on the same night. It was as if this action was a decisive response, which only made the case even more intriguing, as opposed to random incidents seemingly unconnected despite similar detail. The incident over Houston in December 1992 appeared to offer evidence of a very purposeful and planned operation. Well, that's kind of scary to think that these folks were all at this meeting for abductees organized by Mr. Sims, and once the aliens became aware of their intent via these implants that these people had in their nose, they were all summoned to the spacecraft at the same time to have the nose implants removed which tells us that these folks were under 24-7 surveillance. It says, before we look at the incident in question, check out the short video below. Now, there is a video there at the site. The article continues. It says, the controversial methods of Daryl Sims. Now, as I said, some people uh, have have made some comments about Mr. Sim. Uh, he's not without controversy, but I still think he's worth looking at. Daryl Sims is a controversial person, even within the UFO community. He is, on the one hand, <clears throat> adept at the recovery of alien implants with the rising catalog of apparently genuine unknown materials. Now, we've covered this before. These implants have been recovered from time to time. At Dr. Norman Lear was uh, the late Dr. Norman Lear was one, was one of the folks that did a lot of this, but lately there doesn't seem to be a lot of news on it. We know these things are real. We know these things um, can can create and receive uh, radio transmission, but there does seem to be a total lack of research in this area. And Sims has has to his credit done research on these alien implants. The article goes on, it says, however, many others are highly critical of his methods and claims. Some even use his CIA background against him with insinuations and disinformation. 
perhaps more damaging are those that accuse Sims of being an outright charlatan. In the summer of 1992, Sims was the chief abductions investigator for Houston UFO Network. He would investigate the cases of a number of abductees in the Houston area as part of his investigation. He would implement a plan to establish communications with the intelligence behind the abductions, using several abductees with particularly long histories of abduction Hypnotic suggestions were placed into their subconscious. Sims' plan was for, these was for these suggestions to kick in should an abduction happen again. The abductee, although they perhaps wouldn't realize it, would ask questions and take in more detail of their surroundings, at least in theory. Now that is a novel idea, and maybe Mr. Sims uh, came up with this notion from his own CIA background, but the idea of taking people who had a history of alien abductions and implanting in their subconscious mind the urge to ask questions once they were on board the spacecraft. Basically, you're using these people as uh, spies or a vehicle to gather data. But if we're going to really find out what these abductions are about, isn't this the sort of thing that we need to do? Now, the article goes on. It says, in November 1992, one of Sims' patients suffered an abduction. The HUFON file calls this subject DS92007PH, and they said this person had also undergone Sims' hypnotic suggestion treatment. It would appear this treatment was successful. The subject managed to keep a clear memory for a prolonged period of time into the incident. According to the report, the subject was to communicate with her abductors, Although they didn't reveal anything of consequence, they began to zap her to maintain full control. The more, the more time in their presence, the subject began to feel herself losing mental control. Well, I have a question. Does that sound like Space Brothers to you? Does that sound like these aliens are loving, caring entities here to help us save the planet? This poor woman asks them a simple question and they zap the living daylights out of her? The article goes on, it says, during her hypnosis sessions, she would suddenly blurt out, we know what you're doing, we know about blank. Then she was cut off, as if her outburst had provoked her abductors into silence. The article goes on, evidence of a clandestine mass abduction, question mark. The following month, for all the criticism of his methods, <clears throat> Sims would capture some remarkable results. In the days following the 8th of December 1992, he began to notice that several of the patients had recently suffered abductions. More specifically, they were all abducted on the same night, and their recollections, and by their recollections, by the same abductors. After suffering episodes of post-abduction syndrome, PAS, the abductees would independently give their accounts to Sims. These symptoms were often the sudden onset of intense dreams or abduction, as well as nosebleeds and pains in the nasal cavities. Well, that would that could be easily explained by the <clears throat> by the implants that are being put in their nose. None of the abductees were in contact with each other at this point. Their accounts, however, would be so similar they were almost identical. <clears throat> One abductee would awaken to an intense 
irritation in her eye. One morning in mid-December, upon rubbing it, she noticed a small dot fall out, an apparent implant. Another abductee would also experience nosebleeds and signs of PAS. Each would contact Sims, who would hypnotically regress them. <clears throat> the details they would give would be repeated almost exactly by several other abductees over the coming weeks. Now, this first subject that we talked about earlier was first regressed to the 10th of December. He would awake to find several strange creatures in his room. They quickly moved to his bed and began removing something from his nose. They then promptly left, and he fell back to sleep. Sims then, Sims then regressed this person back two days, progressively previously to the night of December 8th. The revelations were mind-blowing. <clears throat> Again, he was asleep when a bright flash awoke him. No sound. <coughs> Excuse me. No sound followed, so he ruled out a thunderstorm. Suddenly he noticed a gray alien in the room. It was wearing a harness or utility belt. Now that's something I haven't heard before. A voice entered his head from the alien, instructing him to follow him outside. He did so and could see a bright blue light shining at a spot on the ground outside his home. He stepped into the light in an instant. He was in a large, round room. I find this uh, interesting and a little bit om ominous. This blue light, this this blue light that they're talking about here, this is something that's common in many, many close UFO encounters. It's a bright uh, blue light that just fills um, the area with uh, a... It's hard to explain. It's as if it's a kind of light that fills every nook and crack and corner. Like it leaves a room without shadows, I guess is the best way to say it. And it's a <clears throat> very, um, almost an unnatural, but uh, hypnotizing uh, kind of blue light, if you've ever seen it. It's, it's, a, it's really um, quite fascinating. So I can imagine what this was going through this poor man's mind. I can see where a person who was woken up out of a dead sleep and exposed to this light may almost become uh, a victim of mind control at that point. Again, the voice entered his mind and told him to remove his clothes. He did so and then followed the creatures down a series of corridors. He wasn't sure how they moved through these corridors, or the, although he remembered walking at times, most of the journey was made by a means unknown. Now this takes me back to uh, Calvin Parker's abduction, where he talks about just being floated into the ship. In one room, other alien creatures were present and would conduct a physical examination of him. It was then that he noticed another human in the room. This person, this other person, began asking questions of him. How did he know? How did he know of previous abductions? Perhaps most bizarre, how did abductees find each other and why would they want to meet? Now here you go. This could be an example of the... Um, Aliens using previous abductees or kidnap victims to communicate, influence, and control current abductees. 
So see, when they really want to know what's going on, they're bringing this other, this other poor individual who has been previously abducted onto the scene to question this individual. A model of the human brain was presented to uh, this fellow. He was <clears throat> asked to show where the subconscious mind is located. As these questions came, he received a bizarre vision of another abductee, unknown to him, but descriptions match Sims' files of patent. And then it says the, the, fellows, the number that gave him DS92.7PH. He believed this other abductee was asked the same question as he. The next thing he knew, the human was no longer there and he was moving into another room. Visions of other abductees. This next room was also large and round, but the lighting, layout, and even the furnishings were different. Several other alien creatures entered this room, as well as the gray aliens and the human, quote-unquote, were two, quote, tall brown aliens, unquote. Questions filled his mind about the subconscious part of the human brain. He also continued to receive visions of other abductees. They were all in the same room, naked, yet seemingly unaware of each other, as if in a trance-like state. He would recall his feeling that the abductees were trying to access their minds for information, that the abductors were trying to access their mind for information. Now, this goes back to another theory that's been floating around for a long time uh, in the UFO investigative community, and that is that these abductions are occurring because somehow these entities, aliens, non-human entities, demons, whatever they are, are abducting humans so that they can have access to their minds. And what they're really trying to do, uh, some people call it soul harvesting, um, some people uh, believe that it's... In some way, they are using the human consciousness to uh, power these vehicles, power themselves, whatever. That It's almost like psychic vampires. And that's what seems like what's going on here. They have these poor humans abducted. They're in this, they're in this suspended state. And whatever these things are, they're either trying to locate what they call the subconscious, what maybe what we would call maybe the human spirit, this thing that lives within our body that is alive, whether we're dead or alive, the human spirit continues on. Maybe they're trying to access that, or they're trying to access um, somehow how humans have the power of free will. At any rate, something very nefarious does appear to be going on here. The article continues, perhaps even more chilling, and despite him not knowing how he understood, he would recall a debate between these different aliens as to whether the experiment should continue or whether it was compromised. As he was watching the scene unfold and the visions of other abductees continue, he suddenly thought the other abductees don't know there are others here. At this point, the human walked over to him and as if picking up on the thought, and took hold of his hands. This seemed to block any other activity he was picking up on. There was another small but intriguing point, however. According to his regression, he was asked about what he knew of Project Prometheus, to which his reply was nothing. Interestingly or not, 11 years later, NASA would launch Project Prometheus 
which would tackle nuclear-powered space propulsion. Now that is fascinating. You can say whatever you want to about Sims, but if he's got this guy in the hypnosis chair or on the couch, and he's bringing up a, a NASA project that wouldn't exist for another 11 years, doesn't that lend some credibility to what this guy claims he saw? That is spooky to me. The naming of the project is most likely a coincidence. That's what this author says. Most likely a coincidence? I don't know. These aliens pick a NASA project name at random, and this guy just happens that just happens to be the one that this guy brings up during his uh, hypnotic regression. That seems pretty unlikely to me. But that's my opinion. It goes on, it says, given that nuclear propulsion would, in theory at least, give us a capability for long-term spaceflight, however, it is an interesting detail. That's not just an interesting detail. I mean, that that's paid, or that's a money shot right there. When you have a when you have an, a, a person who says, I was abducted by aliens, and you put that in person into hypnotic regression, and they start naming NASA projects mentioned by the aliens 11 years before we know about them, that's a red flag to me. That's that's just me, but that's a red flag. The article goes on. Human and Animal Museum of Suspended Animation. This is what I mentioned earlier. There were also several reports of a large room, very much like a museum, that featured examples of numerous animals and humans from across the ages. These humans were from cultures across the globe and throughout time itself. What is perhaps more chilling is that the impressions of the witnesses were that these examples were not models, or even dead. They were alive and in suspended animation. This is something that many other abductees have spoken of before. We have written examples of Betty Andreessen, whose recent description of a museum was almost exact to those of the Houston abductions. So when you hear people talk, like Nick Pope, who say, when Tucker Carlson asked him about NASA and disclosure and, and this whole UFO subject, when they say things like, too terrible to reveal, too terrible to talk about, or when the U.S. Navy comes out and says that they would reveal certain things that would put our country in grave danger, man, you got to wonder. You have to wonder if they don't know of these aliens, whatever these things are, they don't come here with good intent. Just like a couple days ago we covered in the podcast about the U.S. Nimitz captain who says he needs to keep the skies clear of these UFOs. Well, what does he know that we don't know? So when I hear people like the Pope, I guess he calls himself the Pope, come out and tell us that he could baptize these aliens and that they're space brothers, I'm not ready to give him the benefit of the doubt anymore. I'm not ready to think, well, the guy's made an honest mistake on how he perceives these things. I think that when these things finally do disclose themselves, they're going to use they're going to use major political leaders and major religious leaders to cloak themselves, to cloak their intent. And from what I can see and what I've read, their intent is not good. It goes on. It says, "Does this suggest a long-term, incomprehensible experiment by extraterrestrial intelligence? And if so, do these experiments only involve a select few?" Or might they be more widespread than most of us dare to think? Perhaps of most importance, are they for the for the benefit of humanity? Well, just stop right there. Are they for the benefit of humanity? Well, look how they treat you. They treat you like a frigging lab rat. 
if you love someone, you don't treat them like a lab rat. So let's just get, let's just suspend that idiotic notion. Let's suspend it. The aliens are here to help. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like Ronald Reagan used to say as a little joke. We're from the government and we're here to help. It's kind of like here. We're ETs and we're here to help. I don't think we need that kind of help, actually. If reports of humans, it says, if reports of human and animal museums and suspended animation are accurate, what would the purpose be? Might these examples of humans throughout the ages provide DNA to, to populate another planet anywhere in the reaches of space, perhaps another planet, another Earth? Or let me throw this out here. Perhaps they're planning just to destroy the planet, or all life on the planet, I mean, we've got uh, the Wuhan flu going around right now, COVID-19. We don't even know how many people in China have died, and now they're telling us that animals are dying from it? I don't know, maybe it was stupidity on the communist Chinese part. Maybe it was something worse. We have to stop giving these things, whatever they are, the benefit of the doubt. The article continues, it is certainly an intriguing case, as is the main researcher at the heart of it, Daryl Sims. It might be easier to dismiss Sims' results and methods if it wasn't for the glaring similarities to many other cases before and since. And then it has a video down below, and uh, it has the, uh, some other notes below that. I tell you, I, found, I just find it a fascinating article, and I've seen some of Sims' work, I know that he can, he's, he comes across to some people as being controversial, but I have to think you, you have to take the work that he has done in context, and no matter how you feel about the guy, good, bad, or indifferent, the work, has, you, have, you have to let the work stand by itself. Now he went to, he apparently arranged this meeting of abductees. He, uh, they voluntarily allowed him to subconsciously implant uh, ideas and questions in their head to help solve the abductee mystery. And they came back with some stories. And they came back with stories that um, verified each other, that, that together these stories uh, create a narrative and a documentary of what happened. It's frankly quite scary. But the very fact, if you, don't, if you don't take anything else away from this podcast, I want you to think about this. In 1992, Daryl Sims, a UFO abductee investigator, okay, a former employee of the CIA, a guy with a background and a history of investigating things and people, he took a group of UFO abductees, they voluntarily allowed him to implant in their subconscious mind the notion to ask questions upon their next abduction visit. Right after this happened, this group of people were abducted. Their implants, they reported, were removed from their nose, as if the aliens had just realized their cover was blown. Secondly, they were interrogated. They saw... Many of them saw similar things on the ships. They reported what they thought were museums of animals and humans in suspended states. They reported that the aliens had a great curiosity about where the human subconscious resided in the human brain. We've been trying to figure that out for a long time. And it seems as though these 
aliens were either feeding off or had great interest in the notion of people having free will and the human spirit. From everything we could see that these abductees talked about, it appears these things are nefarious in nature. And lastly, the one thing we really want to consider, this is an undisputed fact, at least one of those abductees came back that Sims, that Sims interviewed and talked about a NASA program and named that program. That reported that the aliens had asked about it, a program involving nuclear propulsion in space, this Prometheus program, and they named it 11 years before NASA released this information. 11 years. How would a layman, this average person who had been abducted by UFOs, have any clue about a program that NASA wouldn't launch until 11 years later? There's too much that happened in this in this scenario, this 1992 mass Houston alien abduction. There's too many things that happened for us just to say, well, it was a bunch of kooks. There's too much, too much to just look at this whole situation, not take note of it, and not, and not begin to formulate a plan, in our own mind at least, as to what these things are, what their motive is, and what our response is going to be should there ever be a mass disclosure or a mass uncloaking. What will you believe and what will you refuse to believe? Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out. Thank you.